Oh, yo ho ho, and welcome to the show. We have so many games to play that we don't know which way to go. We ain't broke and we ain't rich, but buying new games, that gives us quite a twitch. So listen up, 2018, we're putting you on notice. Buying new games is about as popular as the POTUS. Uh, we're holding out on new games. We're tearing through the old like gangbusters. So, not to sound too poetic, we are the Backlog Busters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wrote that at the last minute while I was at work trying to uh, not help customers. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can you find that yourself? I'm doing some uh, poetry jam right now. Poetry jam? You know, I was trying to get on Russell Simmons' deaf poetry jam, but they told me I was too white and that all my rhymes were poor. So <laughs> that's about as far as I got into it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, welcome to 2018. I'm happy to uh, have actually successfully gone through our first month, completed my game, which very, very impressive for me. Almost completed a second game if I just would have had three or four more days. Although trying to uh, go through the castle in uh, Legend of Zelda left me quite frustrated. So I don't know if I'll complete that one next month or if I'll keep chipping away at it. Uh, how do you feel that you did this month? I did... Uh pretty well got one game under the belt and pretty excited about that very excited to be here with you mr surge on episode one we made it past zero and oh. uh, pretty pumped about that <laughs> yes somehow we're not just a myth we're not just out there we are we are official we have one episode down and in 10 months we can be like <gasps> we made it past that magical number that everyone talks about yes episode 10 i'm looking at you yes I actually, can I tell you a little secret about me and uh, Breath of the Wild and the castle? I, I love secrets. Go for it. So I was walking around the castle, and all of a sudden, I'm like in the room with Ganon. Like, I didn't get to do anything in the castle, and I was kind of upset about that. Like, all of a sudden, I don't know if it was whatever window or door I walked in and just the floor dropped out or I don't know. Anyways, it was like, oh, this is kind of anticlimactic because... There's Ganon, and no more well, you fun know, you, for me. You do have the ability to go back and replay the castle and redo the battle. You know, it wasn't just a once and done. You can keep uh, trying to do more cool stuff. Okay. I need to go back and do that. Yes. More of the backlog. Alrighty. So, now, looking over the show notes, because we're not very cool people, and we do show notes, and you wrote that you wanted to talk a little bit about your gaming history. Yeah, I, um, I've i listened to a couple episodes that you were on. I know it's kind of creepy. Um, I've listened to them as well. I think <laughs> I sound fabulous. <laughs> you sound great. You really do. Oh, thank you. And, um, you know, it was one of those where, you know, we started this show about talking about backlogs, and I just thought it would be good to let you know a little bit about where I came from as far as, you know, my gaming history and stuff like that, because I don't know if I've really told you that kind of stuff. I do know um, you were a poor, poor child who was forced to play Sega games. That is true. That is true. We were a, a poor <laughs> household, and we did have Sega, and um, we had to uh, scrape turkey off the streets. And um... <laughs> hey, I grew up in like the backwoods of Pennsylvania. If you hit a deer, that was meat for a couple months. Yeah, yeah. I actually, my my grandmother um, supposedly would pick up roadkill. And put it in the back seat with my sister and I when we were in car seats. I don't know if that's true. Obviously, I don't remember that. Traumatic. Yeah, that... You wiped out your whole childhood. 
That's right. As long as it didn't like claw my eyes out, you know, I'm glad it was like really dead roadkill, you know, not that it's like, yeah. you know, rabid, right. We would hate something alive. to be alive staring at you. <laughs> Go ahead, move, kid. You'll be eaten, not me. Right. I'm the new trash turkey of the family. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I'm sure I didn't have these things right away. Um, and I don't have, this is one thing that kind of bumps me about, about my memories. I don't really remember, like, I couldn't tell you what year I got these things or what exact games I had, but maybe some of them. But I do, I think the earliest console I remember having is the Commodore 64 and um, playing some pole position, some River Raid. I don't know if you uh, love some River Raid and maybe some some of the hero, the H-E-R-O game. Um, I was more of a River City Ransom. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't get me started. I, I love me some River City Ransom. <laughs> no, my, uh, the first, I, I know I owned the NES. I have no clue how I got it. I, I know I had an Atari in the house I grew up in because I remember playing E.T. a lot. Um, Sorry. But, no, that's okay. Um, but the first one that I remember, like, owning and playing with was the uh, the Radio Shack Color Computer 3. And I remember this thing because it was really kind of like a big keyboard that had a slot for cartridges. And I know I had a game or two, and they were kind of just like space shooters, but side-scrolling space shooters. But the thing I remember most about this was that it came with, like, a thick book that my memory says 500 pages or so like a Stephen King novel, but it was probably only like 50 or a hundred, but there, there was like programs that you could put into it and then it would do little things. And the one I remember the most was programming the Mexican hat dance into this color computer. So you'd have to go through and it would give you the line of code and all you're doing is copying it and retyping it. And if something didn't work, you had to go back and find what piece of code you screwed up to make it work. But when everything worked perfectly fine, a sombrero appeared on the screen and it looked like little guys dancing around it. And it was just like, and I know that's circus music because I don't know what the song is anymore. But like, I remember programming and programming and programming. And that's the only one I remember doing, but I, I was hooked. It was something, it was dumb. And, you know, I'm just like this little kid sitting there programming the Mexican hat, like doing lines of code on this thing. And it was just like, I was hooked. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think ours, I mean, the C64, you could do that kind of stuff, but I don't really remember what exactly I, you know, typed on it. Probably just tried to type something and it didn't work. And then I thought, oh, let me play some more pole position or something. Oh, no, so, yeah. I only did it because I had a book to follow. Yeah, there you go. And then, you know, I did have an Atari 2600, and that maybe was where River Raid was. That might That makes more sense. You know, played that and my dad's and really enjoyed that and then i think the 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 most i guess where i really got hooked you could say is the the nintendo the nes you know my my mom did the classic like well you know santa you know didn't bring anything else and you know i'm probably <laughs> over there weeping in the corner and all upset and throwing a tantrum and then it's like oh wait you know he must have wedged it behind the couch yeah. so she pulled out the nes I think I had the Ninja Turtles game, which I love the Ninja Turtles and Mario, I think is what I had and really loved playing those games, even though Ninja Turtles, I mean, it was okay, but just, I, I mean, I wasn't good enough to get past that uh, underwater bomb defusal 
stage. But the thing is, when you're young, even an okay game, at least when we were young, was something you were going to play every day for months and months and months. Because that's yeah, all you had. Fun. You know, yeah, it, and it, yeah, it was it was a good time. Um, it was a distraction from whatever else, and it was like, hey, I don't have to go outside. I can stare at a screen right now and you know watch Donatello battle these weird monsters under the sewer that I don't think actually are part of the Ninja Turtle universe, but you know, who cares? Uh, the only other little story with the NES that I had, my mom wouldn't let me play Contra when I was growing up because it was too violent. Violent. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's funny to think of that now, but she did actually let me rent it one time and she was going to play it with me. And um, she really had a, a really good time. And so we, we uh, played Contra together. So it was kind of one of my first co-op and uh, fun experiences <laughs> with my mom and I um, shooting up dudes in Contra. So that was pretty cool. That is actually kind of funny. And then, you know, I did have a Game Boy. It was stolen. I had a neon f uh, fanny pack. So if anybody knows where that is, you know, just hit me up on Twitter. Uh, neon fanny pack, old school Game Boy, uh, probably a Mega Man game. Um, just, you know, if you see it, I'm just saying. I, I understand um, that children are a little on the slow side. <clears throat> and I get that because I'm raising too many of them myself right now. But a fanny pack, when used properly, very hard to steal. Say if it was around your waist. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the beauty of the fanny pack. And, um, you know, maybe 2018 we see a, a resurgence of the fanny pack. It was one of those where I took it off, and that was my first mistake. Second, well, I guess first mistake was taking the Game Boy to school, which is, you know, just your parents. Are you like, were warned about it. They told yeah, you not exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then, then uh, the the tides turned, and um, I got seduced by that little blue guy that runs fast. Because I mean, blast processing, surge. That's that's all. I mean, that's all. You're speaking say. foreign to me. I, I... Yeah, blast blast processing. <laughs> We, yes, use those words. You talk about the little blue guy. The little blue guy to me is Mega Man. Oh, so uh, Sonic, and really a lot of it, you know, growing up, arcades were a big thing. You know, I love going to arcades and love playing the games. And it seemed like the Genesis was uh, getting a lot of ports uh, for arcade games, Altered Beast and, you know, oh. other games that, you know, Sega was, you know, making some really good cabinets and... And then they were bringing it to the home console, and it was like, wow, you know, this you can you can now play this at the house. So yeah, Genesis got one of those, and then you know, just like every good Sega kid, I had to get the CD attachment. So played me some Sewer Shark um, on the Sega CD. That was horrible. Uh, that <laughs> um, and uh, didn't really play much on the Sega CD. I really think I had. Um, I think I had Sewer Shark, and I think that was it. Maybe that that game by itself was like, uh, I made mistakes, um, or maybe we just didn't have you know the money to buy more games. But yeah, that was that was a mistake. I had um, one friend who had a Sega system of some sort, and the only game he showed me was uh, Echo the Dolphin, and that right there was enough to make me be like, yeah, you know what, this really isn't my cup of tea. Yeah, Echo. I mean, I haven't really played Echo. It's a pretty tough game, and apparently it's kind of dark. Like it's, I think it's kind of, I don't know if the, there's research done on the dolphins. I don't know, but it's kind of a, 
I don't know if it's like the apocalypse and the dolphins take over or they have to take over. I don't know. But but yeah, it always looks like a really hard... simulator. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but then the you know history it finds a, finds a way to to come back to uh, the light side, the the good side. And um, I remember going into Blockbuster and seeing Mario in 3D running around on a little kiosk and thinking, what is this, uh, this magic that's on the screen? And um, yeah, so I got a Nintendo 64, and that was, um, that was a, a good choice. Uh, played a lot of that with my friends, mostly in his basement, um, a lot of GoldenEye. Oh, um, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Goldeneye was the game that turned me off of shooters. Turned you off? Yes. So, okay, Goldeneye and the N64 were really big while I was in college. Um, Buddy had it. He played a lot of, like, Ocarina, Majora's Mask. And then every time we got together and had a little party, we played a lot of Drunken Goldeneye. I had never played a shooter up until this point. I don't know if shooters really existed before then, other than on PC, you know, mm -hmm. Doom and Wolfenstein. But I wasn't I wasn't big into the N64. I played a lot of PlayStation. You know, me and my buddy, we had like Madden Leagues going on and stuff like that. And, you know, Final Fantasy VII. So that's what I was into. So then I would play Goldeneye with my buddies and we'd play four-player split screen. And I would die and die and die. And I was the guy who was like, oh, dude, I got two kills this time, but I died 18 times. So the fact that I just was awful at the game, it was just, you know, that shooters aren't for me. So until uh, Bioshock, someone convinced me to play Bioshock on the 360. And I had sworn off shooters until that game. And now I'm into them as long as it's a single player campaign. <laughs> yeah, there's not very many of those, but yeah, Bioshock is a good game. It's a that's a really good game. Um, that's one that I definitely I played through on the 360 and really enjoyed it. Yeah, the 64. I mean, it we I played that mostly in high school. Kind of, um, I really liked Blast Core, um, Star Fox, Superman 64, Superman 64, Turok. I did love me some Turok, and uh, I mean, you got to get those dinosaurs. They're just a nuisance, you know. And then um, I kind of, I kind of fell out of gaming a little bit in college, but I did want a PS2, and I waited in line for it for about eight hours and pre-order much on it. Oh, I know. I probably should have, but it was like you know you're in college and you're like, hey, I don't have anything better to do right now than just wait in line for eight hours, and so I did that and uh, got it, brought it home, brought Madden home played that and my, one of my college roommates like got mad and threw the controller and I about lost it because it's like I just <laughs> just spent too much money on this and waited in line yes. for it and now you're gonna throw my controller not cool man and um let's see but anyways let me let me I'll, I'll go a little quicker so we um funny story with the we I was working at a place once that um they gave you a little bit of uh money for like if you're gonna join like a fitness like a gym or something and mm -hmm. i kind of like wrote a letter kind of saying how the we would be a really good you know way to lose weight or whatever and so i got a little bit of my we um taken care of as far as uh uh compensated for work which i thought was great nice. um yeah it was fun and then um i didn't lose any weight then but <laughs> but in theory but in theory that's right in theory it would have worked you could have scientific you know scientifically 
you know, if I move around enough, I waggle enough, I'm going to lose mm-hmm. weight. That's, that's, that's science, kids. So then I got an Xbox 360, played a lot of that with my friends. Then I went back to the PS3, kind of got it late in the generation. PS4, have kind of fallen off on the PS4, um, and I got a Wii U. And honestly, then with the Wii U and now the Switch, it's, it's really, I, I don't play much other than Nintendo now. I don't know if it's just having small kids and, you know, if I'm going to play something and they're going to walk in, I'd much rather it be, you know, Kirby than Gears of War. I don't know. Yeah, I completely understand that. And uh, part of the reason why when I, you know, try to get any console gaming time in, it's while everybody's in bed. Other than that, it's like a 3DS or my Switch. And, you know, it's always like Zelda and Mario, uh, Mario Kart, Splatoon, you know, kid-friendly games. Yeah. Well, that's um, as far as other things. I, I, I did have a Dreamcast at once because Dreamcasts, I mean, they're, they're great. And uh, I did play Typing of the Dead during my bachelor party. That was part of my bachelor party. So I had to give a shout out to the Dreamcast. And I did have you know, a PS1 as well. I want to stop you for a second because I find it hilarious that you played Typing into the Dead during your bachelor party. So I, I didn't have a bachelor party per se, but what I did have was a bunch of people met up with me at a bar downtown on Fremont Street here in Las Vegas. And that bar at the time, uh, it's gone out of business now, but it was called Insert Coin. Mm. So lining the entire bar was coin-operated video game systems. And I have photo proof that my wife was playing Miss Pac-Man. But then at the actual bar, they had big, like, 40-inch flat screens TVs, two on either side. And you could be like, you know, I want to play, what did we end up playing? Marvel vs. Capcom. So we got the 360. They they gave us two controllers to sit there at the bar while we're drinking and playing Marvel vs. Capcom. On my bachelor, so that was my bachelor party. Was completely video game involved as well. That's cool. That's cool. It is a good way to uh, to get ready for you know matrimony. I, yes. I <laughs> you win some, you lose some. That's right. You have to know this going into it. So that's so my that, um, yeah. That's, that's your rundown. Much, that's my rundown. Um, I might have had some other things. Oh yeah. Uh, shout out to the um, the Game Gear. I did have the game gear with the television attachment um, so that I could Ooh. watch, you know, over the air, you know, cartoons or whatever on my game gear. And uh, I also had blood on my Mortal Kombat on my game gear, just, um, you know, letting you know. Yes, Nintendo I did not fans. have blood on my Nintendo. Um, so when I had seen you written this down as a topic, I was like, "Ooh, I have so much to talk about. I can go through all my systems. But with me, my mind kind of works like a crack addict. I just jump around and like, you know, in the future, I want to touch on my systems, but I was like more interested in like what makes me tick and pretty much everything that makes me tick is like the humorous side of life right now. So the other week I went to Famous Dave's and I had this weird incident in the bathroom and I was completely prepared to tell you all about this incident in the bathroom at Famous Dave's, but I completely changed my mind today while I was driving home because there's a story that I just need to share with everybody. And um, for those of you who follow me on all the random social medias, uh, I posted on Twitter, I posted on my Facebook, but, um, if anybody reads my blog, this story was there and this just amused me so much. And for everybody that's G R R O U C H I E.com. So grouchy.com. That's my blog. But the other day, you know, 
my biggest problem is I have to wake the kids up and I hate waking the toddler up to take him to actually just wake him up so that I can take his brother to school. So luckily my wife was working late, didn't have to wake him up, but I wake the brother up, you know, the toddler's like, hi dad, taking brother to school? I'm like, yes. And he's like, well, I stay home. I'm like, okay, you can win this one. Mom's still here. You get to stay home. So after I take his brother, you know, I come home and we're sitting there and, uh, you know, we talk about what he wants for breakfast and he decides he wants some toast. So I get him toast with peanut butter on it and I got him hooked on peanut butter, which makes me very, very proud because peanut butter is one of my favorite flavors in the world. So I make him these two, you know, two pieces of bread. I put peanut butter on half it, fold the bread in half. That way it looks like he's got two sandwiches. You know, he's over in the living room laying on this huge sack that we have and sitting there just watching some TV. And while he's doing that, you know, I'm on my computer a little bit in the other room. I'm trying to work on which games I want to bring to you to play and just, you know, thinking about stuff for the podcast because we're a couple days away and I put it off. So while I'm in the other room, I hear, dad, dad, help, dad. I can't see dad, dad, help. And like, he sounds panicked and he's like, dad, I can't see dad, help me. So I'm like, what the hell? And I look and I can't see him and I run to the living room. And I stop and I just start laughing my ass off. What I see is my three-year-old toddler laying on the bed and he put a piece of toast over his eyes because he <laughs> thought it would be hilarious. He's like, dad, I can't see. And he opens up one eye and sees me standing there and he just starts laughing. <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, my poor child has my sense of humor. I was freaking out. And, and like I posted that picture because I was like, oh, hold on a second. Let me take a picture. And he laid there perfectly still, you know, just waiting for dad to take the picture. But, oh, yeah, I'm in this panic thinking, what happened? Did he fall? Did he hit his eye or something? Nope. Put a piece of toast on his face. <laughs> so yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh -huh. I love peanut butter as well, by the way. I think you're raising them right, Serge. And um, <laughs> I, think, I was thinking about this the other day. That, you know, a lot of times for breakfast, um, I eat apples and peanut butter. Uh, it's random, I know, but no, I think not random that, at all. I mean, apples are just kind of the vehicle to eat peanut butter. Like, I mean, I'm just, I just want to eat the peanut butter, really. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Apples and bananas. And when I was a kid, celery. Oh, yeah. But I hate celery. It's just too stringy. So, uh, did you ever enjoy the ants on a log, Serge? Uh, the game ants on a log no or are you talking celery with peanut butter and raisins yeah the celery with the peanut butter and <laughs> or you could do apples with peanut butter and raisins either way uh yes i i ate a ton of it if oh. it involved peanut butter i was willing to try it in fact last summer i uh my my now 12 year old he was 11 at the time I, I looked up some recipes and I convinced him that this was a very good idea. And he said he liked it, but then asked for a normal hamburger. I made a very flat, like fast grilled hamburger. And then you spread a layer of peanut butter on it, toast the bread, add a little bit of, what was it? Like maybe some butter to the bread, make it melt in there. And then I gave that to him as a sandwich, more of a slider than a full yeah. sandwich, just because I didn't know if he was going to like it. But he was like, yeah, that's good. He ate about half of it and then asked me for a regular burger. But yes, I have put peanut butter on hamburgers, and I enjoy it. I've never tried that. That might be something I need to uh, <laughs> to to work on. I, I worked at a, a hot dog and, and burger joint in, in high school, and um, my daughter today, uh, I said something about that. And she said, well, that's why you're really good at cooking hot dogs. And I was like, you're right. That is, that is, <laughs> it's true. It is true because I've got a lot of practice. Was it so. hot dog on a stick? 
Uh, it was a place called Dog and Suds. You might think I was washing pets, but it's actually like a like almost like a Sonic, but it was a um, like a drive-in kind of place. And the suds, I'm assuming, referred to soda and not beer. It it, it did. It was root beer, and I was um, I was the the guy up front slinging that root beer, root beer float, a Sunday, you name it. Well, you know, when you're in high school, beer. though, that's a pretty cool job. Because your friends are going to show up. Maybe you give them a little, you know, they ordered the small root beer float, but you gave them the large, and now you're the popular guy. That's right. You get an extra scoop, you know? Hey. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, that's um, that's the perks. That's the, that's the perks of working at a place like that, you know? But, yeah, that's definitely – I need to try this peanut butter on things. Listen, I'm just saying if if you don't – Try it. I understand. But every once in a while, you're like, I'm an adult. I'm going to put peanut butter on my hamburger. And even <laughs> if you just take a hamburger and dip a corner into some peanut butter and just give it the try, that would at least make me proud. All right. I'll do it. I promise next time I do uh, at least cook them here because if I if I go out and then ask for peanut butter, I don't know. I don't mind. Well, yes, I would definitely but... try it at home. That that okay. seems to be the safe way to do it. That's right. <laughs> And and now that we're talking about being a little more social, let's uh let's uh end the peanut butter on hamburger discussion and transition over to our community segment. So I put out two questions, both of them on Twitter because that's where everybody is. Um we'll go with the shorter one first, which is do you guys have any questions for us? Um Adam Leonard, specifically to you, I'll assume, he wants to know how he looks. So how do you feel Adam Leonard looks? I think it looks great. Very strapping. Um, it, he, the only problem is usually he's kind of like two dimensional. You know what I mean? Like he's just a nice little sketch. Um, like he's way too well drawn. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, he might be a little airbrushed for me, but I mean, he looks Ooh. good. Ah, kind of like those old magazines, just way too airbrushed. Good job, Adam. So <laughs> here's my thing. Like I'm friends with Adam on Facebook as well. And up until that point, all I got to see of him was pretty much his mega dad side. But on Facebook, he posts more stuff, you know, family related, shows his kids mm -hmm. and his wife and everything. And um, I've heard him say it and I've heard his brother say it. But Adam, I, I think you look like a scrawny little dork and I'm OK with that because that's pretty much what you are. But you married up. His wife is very gorgeous. And his children look like they're going to be dorks as well, which is good. I don't use dork as a bad thing, but I just want to let him know that he looks good, but he married up out of his league. Well, it's good that his children are dorks uh, or nerds because that's that's our future. Well, they are very advanced and they're already playing video games. So raise them well. He's doing it right. And then uh, the other question we had was from Quest for Pixels. And that is what game in your backlog are you most looking forward to? Star Fox Zero. Ooh. That's it. Superman 64. <laughs> I'm going for it. This is the year I finally buy it and, and beat it. Or, or oh. uh, Muscle Wrestling from the old NES. That's like oh. a period after every letter. M-U-S-C-L-E. For anyone who ever played with those toys as a kid. Well, I heard that... Um, what was that? On the, the Ford of Nerd. Uh, Nerditude. They were talking about those little wrestlers and that kind of was like oh yeah i kind of remember those little wrestlers but i didn't remember the video game was it pretty good no it was pretty awful 
Uh, <laughs> to be honest, it, it was bad. Um, but I played with the muscle guys a lot. Uh, I would like to clear up a little bit and that they weren't all just a pink color. Later on in a couple series, they came out with colored versions of the exact same guys. And I had those as well. In your face. For yeah. And then I had like a bag of them that I kept and randomly one day when I was in college, I was like, I'm never going to play with this stuff again. So I put like a bag of them up on eBay. Some of them I had inked. Some of them were missing limbs due to uh, tragic accidents with scissors and knives. Um, <laughs> and I put them on eBay and I got like $110 for like a bag of 50 of them. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Here I am like 20 years later or however long it's been. And I'm like, man, I really wish I had that bag of muscle guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, I am. Um... But seriously, like, name one game in your backlog that you're like, I'm going to get to this game, no matter if Surge votes it out or no matter if the community votes it out. Do you have one? It's Star Fox Zero. I really? got you're that crazy. for Christmas this year. I know, right? Because it's so uh, divisive. I love Star Fox growing up, and the day that Star Fox came out. Uh, it was also the day that the new Ratchet or the rebooted Ratchet and Clank came out on the PS4, and I bought that instead of Star Fox Zero. At the time, I was kind of glad that you know I'd picked a highly higher rated game and the one that wasn't getting so much flack. But I have always wanted to go back to Star Fox Zero. I got it for Christmas, and I'm excited to see if it's something that I think is okay or if I think it is, you know, garbage. <laughs> So, yeah, I can see that's going to be a tough one because whenever it pops up, I'll, I'll definitely leave it in the final two for you. But I have a feeling the community is going to tell you it's garbage and not want you to play it. I know. I know. Maybe they want to punish me. Um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for punishment, at least for the Star Fox. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly I think I, I think that my most anticipated game to play is uh, Shadow of War. I played Shadow of Mordor. And I liked that game so much that I got the Platinum Trophy on it. And I picked up Shadow of War when it was on sale during the Black Friday sales. And it's on my list, and I know I want to play it, and I know I'm going to put 40 to 50 hours into it. I don't know if it's going to be one of the games that I'm going to put on here or if it's going to be like one of my long-term games where, you know, every week I put a few hours into it and beat it over the course of like three months or so. Because I'm not sure I have the ability to put like 40, 50 hours into a game during a one-month time span. Especially when that is on a console and not a handheld portable game. Yeah, it's a definite crunch to try to get that. There's a couple games that I have on my list and I'm like, I just don't think I can get that done in a month. Um, especially because they are uh, not handheld. And yes, I did. I really liked the first game. I mean, those orcs, like, hey. You know, and they'd like yell at you. Oh, yeah, that and the nemesis system. And, oh, man, it was so yeah, cool. It really was. And I would like to point out that uh, this is the difference between us and Shelved and Forgotten, is that John and Dave will come into a week, and they'll be like, I put 10 hours into this game and didn't beat it. And you and I will come into a month and be like, I put 10 hours into this game and didn't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> We're like That's a right. quarter as fast as they are. That's right. Yeah. 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 We are the junior league. We we can't we can't uh we can't compete. Junior I varsity. Say? I don't have my letter jacket yet. Yeah. All right. So to the uh to the bigger question that we had, um, and that was I asked everybody out there, our backloggers as I call them now, you know, what are their backlog goals for 2018? 
And we got a few replies. Um, Mr. Switchman at Switchman Dan, he basically said he wanted to play through everything on his Switch, but Enter the Gungeon has taken over his life. I personally haven't played it, but from what I understand, it's a game very similar to Binding of Isaac. Yeah, I'll uh, pick that one up someday. I definitely do. Yeah. Uh, Josh Stapleton at MTTG Street Team, and I always read that as MTG for Magic the Gathering, but I know that's not what it is. Um, <laughs> he put that he really wants to play what he already has. He says he'll buy some new games for the year, but only if it he's only going to buy brand new if it's a multiplayer experience that he can play with friends. And I can respect that because... You know, essentially, that's why we started this podcast is to stop buying new games unless it was a special occasion or, you know, a very particular purpose. So essentially, he's playing the home game. Nice. Let, let's see here. Skinny Matt at Skinny Matt K. Uh, almost anything he can get done. He'd like to finish his Switch games, Golf Story, Mario Plus Rabbits, and the rumored one player campaign on Splatoon 2. I'm with you. And I don't, Skinny Matt. Yes. I I am right there with him. Uh, Chelsea Capri said this topic stresses her out. <laughs> since Link since Link was born, there's only so many games she wants to play: South Park, Zelda, Mario, Mario Rabbids, on and on and on. And she put that all she ends up playing is Fortnite and PUBG, and that's her problem. Uh, let's see, Luke Lore yeah. at MLS Reserves. Same goal as always: enjoy the games I have, judge them by their release. Not buy more, fail at that, curl up in a ball from gaming pressure, buy more games, build the backlog. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that. Ryan Craig at Mathman1024. He needs to play and finish a lot of games for the Switch. Uh, he's almost done with Golf Story. He can't put down Mario Plus Rabbids. And then there are the Lego games. Lego Marvel 2, Lego City Undercover, Lego Ninjago, Lego Worlds. And he still wants to get into Stardew Valley. It's a very common Stardew theme. The hole that you don't want to get to, into, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the common that. theme of these is everybody keeps talking about Switch. Um, Sheldon at Nintendo Shell. Oh, man, I have a bunch to finish on the Switch. I'm also going to go back and play some new games as he just started Last of Us. Um, we have two more. Uh, Edwin Kalo at Cal Zero. He wants to play several games, and he put a list on them. First, he's playing GTA V. Uh, he wants to play Breath of the Wild DLC, Wolfenstein II, Resident Evil 7, a bunch of indies, finish Shadow of War, play the first South Park game, Metal Gear V, Mario and Rabbids DLC, and Doom. That's a good list. Yeah. yeah. That is, uh, that's like the list that I make. It's like, I want to play all of these games, and then I only get to three of them. Um, and then the one that I felt would be a good topic of conversation mcdaddy at one up underscore retro his response was he's so intimidated he didn't know where to start so that's what i was kind of curious at because i understand that feeling because there has been several times where i've wanted to play a game and then i go and like i just i open up my binder of games and i'm like uh i'm gonna go watch tv now instead so how do you determine which games are on your list like do you have a selection process like where do you start well, I, I kind of start, at least with this show, I've kind of tried to do some kind of a theme or just stick with a system. You know, as far as trying to get through the backlog, this show I think is going to be helpful. And also just restricting myself to say, I like I was, I don't know if I've told you this, but like my backlog goal is I, I got a little bit of money for Christmas. 
and that's that's what I'm going to spend uh, on games this year. And you know, if I get something, you know, a little bit more down the line is you know for a gift or something that's it so this is kind of what i have and uh, so kind of give myself a strict budget and i think the main thing that um, i haven't done in the past is restricting myself to playing that game in the month so this is helpful for me to say you know these are my games and then i'm going to put up the t- the poll and then at that point that's the game i need to focus on and uh, if i like it great if not well, after a month, I can put it up and say, you know, I, I gave it my all. And I think sometimes that that for me is what's going to help me get through my games, just kind of restricting because I think just like if you, uh, you know, have it an emulator with 700 ROMs, you, you play something for five minutes and then you say, well, let me try something else. And just kind of like we were talking about when we were kids, we had a very limited amount of games. And so we were content with what we had and we had to play the games. So I think trying to almost simulating that um, is for me is kind of a way to kind of um, get through the backlog, just to pick a couple of them and just try to focus on one for a month or however long you, you think you might want to play it. No, I, I, I actually like that answer a lot because in, in, in my mind, it's sort of the same, you know, we had talked about it previously. And when you just, put it into words like that it struck me and that's i have a ton of systems you know i own most systems out there and i have a bad habit of buying the new one and buying the new one and buying the new game and now that i'm on twitter following the indie group it's like you know i want to be part of the conversation so i buy the game did i get to the game yeah probably not but not right there it is i can get to it anytime i feel like it so when you and I first started talking about doing the show and it was like, hey, we're going to narrow it down to just a couple of games, play that game and then talk about it at the end of the month. Like that was the thing that struck me is like, you know, it's one thing to tell yourself you're going to do it. But once you put it out there and you're like, this is my goal, I'm, I'm going to hold myself accountable to it. And if I don't do it, how am I going to bother talking about it? Y'all are going to be like, well, this guy's kind of retarded. Let's not talk to him no more. So like, that's a big one for me. But like my selection process you know, the first thing I do is when we are coming into the podcast, I'm like, which systems do I want to catch up on the most? And of course, you know, my answer is the more recent ones, because why do I want to keep falling behind on the recent ones? But now I'm playing like nothing but Super Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I sat down and I like made a list of all my PlayStation 4 games. And then I went beat that one, beat that one, beat that one. And then I just started crossing off ones that I'm like, I want to play these, but you know, these other games take precedence. And then I did the same thing, you know, my, my 3DS, I have a nice list of games for that. Same thing on the Switch. And, and then from there, you know, I have my list of games in my head that I want to play. And then over the course of the month, as I'm listening to different podcasts, and I hear them talking about things that they've played or different games that they really, really enjoyed, you know, I'm like, ooh, that's on the fresh of my head now. So, you know, let me write that down. I want to play that game. I want to play that game. And then I come up with this horrible list that's like, you know, 20 items, and then I just start crossing them off. You know, what games would I be interested in dedicating the month to? From there, I narrow it to 10 or to to four. You narrow it to two, and then Twitter tells me how they're going to punish me for the month. Exactly. Exactly. That's my selection process. I think that's great, and I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah, and we just, um, like you said, and I was just teasing about uh, the Ford and Nerditude. Ford and Nerditude. Yeah, Ooh. I think just like what Johnny Spencer's said the other day. Like, something going yeah. on the side. <laughs> well, you know, mm, it's a different podcast. 
but um but yeah I, I really like you know just like and i don't exercise i wish i would have that type of discipline but you know just like those kind of things trying to like you said almost like a support group or something like that for trying to and maybe we can be that like people can say i'm gonna play this game um to, just to try to get through their games you know i know spencer and them have are trying to lose weight and do that kind of stuff which is awesome and they have a group of people that are getting on discord and think like kind of encouraging each other and doing that so if you want to get through games i think that's a good thing uh, it's good to save money it's good to uh, be content and play what you have and um have fun and that's what games are about so it shouldn't be stressful shouldn't be like oh I, I don't have the money for this i don't have the time for this we can you know it is it is cool to be a part of the discussion but um I can't talk, so I guess I, I can't really be part of the discussion. I don't know. Yeah, no, and, and that, that's the thing is um, I want games to be fun. And the way to make them fun, play the ones that I have, enjoy them, whether I'm playing it 10 years after it came out or I'm playing it two months after it came out. Because I know there are certain games this year I'm going to pick up. I'm limiting myself and I'm telling myself I can pick up a couple while they're on sale and, you know, Black Friday, I'll probably buy more than I think I should. But there's a couple that when they come out, I'm going to buy them no matter what, because I follow that series diehard, you know, yeah. God of War. I know yeah. I'm going to get God of War. I know I'm going to play that immediately. So I already put that in my mental budget that it's going to happen. But at the same time, I'm limiting myself by not buying the games as they come out just because I see them and I know I want to play them. I'm going to wait for a good sale. I'm going to put them off and I'm going to go through these games that, I'd already done that too. You know, I all the games on this list at some point I have bought because I'm like, I really want to play this game. But then I got distracted by something else. So the next thing you know, two, three, four, ten years later, ah, I didn't get to this. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, so, totally. And uh, speaking of games that we want to get to, let's jump into what did you actually play this month? Hmm. Well, um, I played a game called Hyper Light Drifter, and the words that I couldn't get out of my mouth last episode was action RPG, and I think that is what I do really enjoy, and that is what this game is. It is a beautiful pixel action RPG, kind of like in the um, vein of like the art style, like a sword and sorcery, that game. I think I played it on the um, iPhone a long time ago. It is really vivid colors kind of almost neon colors it's just a really pretty game i like that kind of style it's not like a um like a like a 16 bit where you would kind of they're trying to like round the pixels or make it look like things are rounded this is more of like more jagged jagged but like a high definition high well definition animated. jaggies yeah I love those high definition jaggies. And so um just a a really cool game. It's it is kind of a like a Zelda Link to the Past with with kind of a Dark Souls action kind I mean of game. Zelda was a pretty actiony game. I mean it was all button mash swing swing swing, bow and arrow, boomerang type deal. Right, right. So it's kind of like that. A little bit more difficult. I did play it on the easy setting. Essentially, I won't get too much into it, but the story it seems like you're, you know, this nameless character who might be called like the Drifter. You are um, called the Drifter. I looked that up. Yeah, yeah, and and he is, um, he's kind of sick, not doing so hot. He, he's got, it seems like the world has ended, or some gigantic 
robots or monsters have kind of destroyed the earth and or whatever planet this is um kind of left a little bit left um you kind of uh, you you start in the middle and there's a town and that kind of town is a hub for upgrades and things you can upgrade your sword your dash and your gun your bombs and um and you can't jump but you can dash and you can chain dash and I never really got good at the chain dash. This is a dash where you can dash up upwards of like I think there's an achievement or something where you can you have to dash 800 times in a row and it's almost like it's not like a button mash but it's like a rhythmic like um button press. I maybe could get like 10. So um but it is <laughs> I know, right? Um it's it's a really cool game. Essentially there's four areas the north, um, south, east, and west. Uh, the south is locked, and you have to. You can go anywhere you want to. You go to these areas, and you meet like a another traveler or drifter. The um, the folks there, you know, had some calamity or something. I don't think Ganon's in this one, but um, but there was some kind of problem. These like cute bunny creatures that were slaughtered. I mean, it's kind of graphic, but kind of crazy. <laughs> Um, and so essentially you have to go and you have to get these, um, I think they're called like power, what are they? Power, power modules. There's like four of them. You have to collect four power modules in each area and then defeat the boss. It has a map that kind of shows you once you talk to that drifter or that, you know, NPC where the power modules are, but the, the placement on the map isn't very good. Like it might be it's, um it's an idea somewhere exactly. over here right and and so you have to go and um i did do some looking on online to kind of find some of these because i was kind of struggling with it because there's a map like an over overworld map and there's also like an underground map because a lot of the times where you go is you take these elevators down almost to like little dungeons and you go through and you might find power modules there each area had like a i guess an enemy type you know or like kind of like a theme um there was like birds in the north and um, there's some enemies that were kind of standard like monsters um but the inner the 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 actual combat was really cool because it was like a you had to you had to be fluid you had to kind of attack and then get out of the the fight and then maybe dash around you had health packs but you had to kind of use the health packs as you were fighting or there was not like a you know button that i mean you had a button to to uh, give yourself kind of like one of those like injections to give you more health but it took time and so you had to get away while the action was happening um you were able to upgrade those the dashes like i said you could get a bomb um that would kind of clear out some enemies and um the uh the gun was just more more ammo and how the gun worked was you would get ammo by doing slash attacks so you would actually have to slash enemies to increase your ammo for your gun so you couldn't just sit back and take people out you had to get in there and and, and slash a little bit to get ammo with your gun i really enjoyed it uh got all the way through it like i said on the easiest level there was a lot more as far as the story goes it's kind of uh it's one of those stories where i mean there's no dialogue um they kind of show you kind of what happened in a couple animated pieces with also when you talk to folks they kind of just have like almost these comic 
pains of like this happened in this area. There's there's no voice acting, no dialogue, no words, nothing. So you kind of just have to piece it together. And I think a lot of people online have. Um, there's also these like monoliths that um, have some, you know, characters on them that I guess give you more backstory. I didn't get that far into it. Um, there's also rooms that if you find keys, you can kind of open up and find more things. So really a whole lot of depth, a really cool game. Um, anybody out there who likes action RPGs um, and action games, I really highly suggest it. It's a beautiful game. And also the music is really good. Um, great environmental and uh, really cool kind of music that sets the tone by uh, disaster piece. Um, and actually uh, I emailed him, I think it was for forget being cool. And uh, he responded and, and said that they could use the the music for that show. So, yeah, I mean, cool guy and uh, really make some awesome music, made, made the music for Fez and um, Bit Trip Runner, a lot of cool indie games. So Nice. And, <laughs> so at least you liked your game this month. Yeah, it was really good. Start out that well. <laughs> it was really, really good. I think all the, the Twitter people for voting for that game, uh, I did play a little bit of Heart and Slash, and I like the game, but... It just doesn't have the the hooks that uh, that hyper can draw does. you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what about you, Mister Surge? Did you did you enjoy your treasure? Uh, it was awful. It was one hundred percent horrible. So, here's the the whole reason it was on my list. It, Uncharted Three was the game that was picked for me. Uh, the whole reason it was on the list is because I played through one and two. I own four because, you know, I bought it hoping to play it and never did. But I want to get through the series. Um, the Uncharted series to me is, you know, it's the equivalent of that just fun action adventure movie that just takes you on wild adventures. And the whole time you're watching it and you know that none of this could actually happen. And this is way beyond belief. But you're constantly on the edge of your seat and you want to know what happens next. And you're just cheering for the good guys and, you know, rooting against the bad guys. And um, I don't know if you ever watched it, but the TV series that I think of comes to mind is The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., with um, one of those actors that I really, really like and can't remember his name right now. I, but the I guy who did Evil Dead and sounds... stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But what I mean, you know, Bruce Campbell? Bruce Campbell. Yeah, so, you know, that was just, it, you know, it was set in old times and there was horseback riding and there was train heists. And, you know, it was just the action scenes were action. And it was just, so that's like, that's uncharted for me is it's the game that I can play when I just want to get away and immerse myself in like beautiful scenery amazingly fun gunfights and then some exploration and a little bit of puzzles um and myself i also played on easy because that's what i do i want to get through the story and i want to enjoy the story um if if a game really sinks into me you know i always have this theory in my head that i'll go back and play it on a harder difficulty and i'll go through it but that doesn't happen so i just learn from the get-go i'm going to play it on easy i'm going to enjoy it and, you know, Uncharted, it just, the third game in the series, like, I loved the first one, and, it, you know, I enjoyed it. And then at the end, it turned into survival horror, which I thought was really weird. You know, now I've got a shotgun, and I'm blowing demons away. And then when I finally got to the second one, the second one, uh, did you play the Uncharted games? Well, this is a... Uh, Any of them? Yes, and I'm convention? probably going to be uh, raked over the coals for this, but um, the only Uncharted game I've played... And completed Uncharted Four. Well, there you go. You're ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 <laughs> but, I didn't okay. play the others, but I did really enjoy Uncharted Four. I didn't probably get as much out of it as I should have, 
because I'm like, I don't, I mean, yeah, it's not I don't know great. that backstory. I don't know yeah. that lady, but Who's that lady? so when I played uncharted two, the scene that I remember the most is like one of the early scenes. You're on a train, it blows up, you know, you're dangling off a cliff. You've got to make your way up it. And there's explosions. There's people shooting at you, stuff falling. And like the whole time I'm thinking of like this amazing action movie, you know, where like the guy's in an airplane and it explodes and you're hanging onto the seat, getting blown away, but you have to shoot the bad guys. And like, that's like the entire feeling of the whole game. So for uncharted two, you had that one scene with the train and like, that was the scene that stuck in my mind. And I was like, how do you beat this? How do you top it? And then I played Uncharted 3. So for Uncharted 3, and I'm not going to get into the story or any of that because people have played the heck out of them. And most people, ourselves not included, have probably gotten to it years ago. But you end up in, I don't even remember the name, it's Paris or somewhere in France. Or you go to this like old castle and you're, you know, hunting down some stuff for Nathan Drake. And, you know, the bad guys, because they evidently follow you everywhere you go, you know, they light the place on fire and start to blow it up. So now you've got to like transverse back through the building, you know, and make your way out in time. And like, literally after these scenes are done, like I feel myself squeezing the controller and I'm literally like moving closer and closer to the edge of my seat, closer to the TV as I'm playing this and shooting. And I'm like ducking and dodging. And like, by the time the scene's done and it gets to something relaxing, I'm just like, whew. I just had a workout and I didn't do anything <laughs> except for push some buttons. <laughs> and like in this game, it just kept going and it kept going. And like, you know, the next thing, you know, you, you're in a group of four, you split off, you know, you and Solly and then the two go elsewhere and you're like, Oh crap. You know, we were followed. So obviously they had to be followed too. So now you have to like go to another country and track them down and make sure that they're safe. And then it leads into like this, another huge chase and the game goes and goes. And then you finally get to like, you know, this desert scene where you find like the lost temple of Bibura blah, 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 you know, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that one. You know, like I said, I I play the games and I enjoy them, but I don't remember every detail yeah, and I don't remember don't the either. names. And like, I just I get into it and like, you know, the final there's there's a couple scenes where you're drugged and you do weird stuff. And like the first one it was okay. But then the second one, I got a little lost and it took me forever to figure out where I was supposed to go because when you're, it kind of gives you drunk vision where everything's blurry and you're moving in slow motion, but then you get into a gunfight and it goes back. And, and then finally there was like a scene where you're in, in an airplane and it crashes into the desert and you've got to walk and walk and walk. And it was like the Lord of the Rings. If like watching the movie, seeing people walk was one thing, but if you ever read the book, it was like 400 pages of walking and then an action scene. And that's what this scene felt like to me. Oh. It was the only part of the whole game that kind of drug it down. But then as soon as that was over, you bam, you're right back into action and you're going crazy. And like, it was just scene after scene. It was like, you know, to me, it was like um, National Treasure is the movies that I equate it to the most. Um, you know, you just crazy adventures. And the one thing that I do want to say is there's so much platforming in these games where mostly Nathan grabs a hold of a ledge and pulls himself up and then jumps with his hands and keeps pulling himself up like miles worth of walls after he's been shot, after he's been hurt. I don't understand how this guy doesn't have abs of steel. Like he's, this guy has to be a stud. Yeah. He's he's ripped yeah. and somehow he, he can like, yeah. He obviously did P90X for months <laughs> preparing for his role, but so so you get to the end of the game, you get all that action, they give you the happiness, and like at the end, and like 
this was one of the few games where I literally watched all the credits roll and just kind of like took in my experience. And, and like I said, I just, I get so excited playing these games because it's the closest style of game I have to being into those type of movies. You know, like I was, I was disappointed when I found out they canceled the Star Wars game that was going to be similar to Uncharted in a Star Wars universe, because that's what I want. I want that type of combat. I want that type of play and storytelling and I love it, and I wish more people out there did it, and I really wish more people could do anything near as good as Naughty Dog does. But yeah, when I'm done with the games, I'm just like, I feel like I'm the fat kid at the gym who's covered in sweat, but I feel so exhilarated because I did one push-up, and that's what got me sweating. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh. And now, like, I can't wait to get to Uncharted 4. I can't wait to get to The Lost Journey or whatever that one was called, and even the handheld one because it's just like, you know, my blood was pumping and I'm excited and it just, now I have to settle down and get into my February game. But yeah, no, I, I, I love the game. It was amazing. I didn't think it could top two, but it did in every sense possible. You know, I was so much more excited playing this game than I remember, you know, five years ago playing two. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, um, I think there was some debate on people, you know, as far as they, they like two better than three. But uh, like I said, I haven't played either one of them, but I do love how they really, like you said, as far as Naughty Dog, they do a good job, a great job of kind of telling a story and letting you feel like you're a part of it in a game. And they, they kind of walk yeah. that line where you feel like you're a part of it and you're not just, you know, watching uh, a movie, but you're, you're actually actively a part of it. And that's, that's really cool. There's not very many people. Well, nobody else right. that I know of that that they, they would pad like anybody else would take a game like this and put oh, you know another ten hours of just padding uh, gameplay where you're like going to fetch something else. You know what I mean? They don't just have those action scene after action scene and let you take that ride with with the the characters. So it's really right. Cool. And then and the thing that I really like is you're not making choices. You're not making decisions. You're you're there for the ride. You know, you're there for the storytelling and the treasure hunting. And when you get into the, the action sequences, you know, you're there to beat the bad guys. But it's, you know, they don't give you the choice. Do you kill this guy or let him go? Or, hey, we could go this direction or we could go this direction. It's just the story moves you along. And the whole time you're just, you're into it. It's it's just, it's amazing how how they bring video games to life. Whereas I played so many games where I'm like, yeah, I really enjoyed that game. But I never felt like, you know, I was a huge part of the experience and it didn't stick with me for long afterwards. But like, you know, the Uncharted games and when I played The Last of Us, it was like when I'm done with them, like I still think about them. And like, I remember like, oh, that sequence where the entire building was collapsing, but I had to make my way to the top of it to get to that bridge to jump over, you know, and get out before the whole thing collapsed and killed us all. And it was just like, ooh, it's just nice. And then you relax afterwards. Yeah. So I'm so happy that I actually finished it. And, and, and really, like I told you earlier, the only reason I finished it is because we're doing the show and I knew I had to get the game in so we can talk about it and just, you know, finish it and move on to the next. So, awesome. you know, I, well, yeah, when we do our game of the year, this one's going to be hard to top. Yeah. I, um, I'm excited to do the game of the year, the game of yesteryear, the game the of game of yesteryear. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then, um, I played more Zelda. I got further than I thought I was going to get. 
Um, my whole goal for this month was just to beat the third divine beast. Next month, beat the fourth. And then during the one year anniversary, finally beat Ganon. But uh, just this morning, I finally beat all four divine beasts. So now really all I have to do is maybe get myself a little stronger, maybe go collect the memories so that once I beat Ganon, I can get the good ending. But that's just the last push I have there. And because I want to beat it by March for the anniversary, you know, I still have two months to get there. So I'm in no rush. I can do a lot more exploring. Um, and then that'll be the first game I played literally for an entire year. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And I, I kind of what I was saying earlier, I was trying to get the last, cause I think there's a memory. I don't want to spoil this. Do you, there's a memory in the castle. Yes. Yes. I tried to get that memory. That's what it was. I was trying to get that memory and then I fell into Ganon. And you know, I am going to, I really will. I will get a walkthrough for that castle to make sure that I don't miss anything. So, um, I, I was really bad at the divine beast, especially that camel one. Well, not bad at the camel one. It took me forever. I finally figured it out. I did get one clue because I got confused, but like a couple of those beasts, I'm just like, uh, like, like I just went dumb as I got older because as a kid, I probably figured this out. But as an adult, I'm like, uh, where's the guide online? Let me get this yeah. walkthrough. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Cause the thing is, is that I can, you know, we both talk about how we have limited time of gaming. And for me, the, the fun in gaming isn't necessarily getting stumped and, and figuring it out. Maybe sometimes it is. And I'll give myself, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, maybe even sometimes like a day and then come back and try it. And then it's like, you know what, at this point, it's not worth it. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know how to get to this point. Let me just get on YouTube and see how somebody gets to this point and then move on. Yeah. Because at this point, if I'm stuck for a day on something, I'm not having fun anymore. Right. No. And that's the whole thing. I want to get the game. I want to play it. I want to experience it. And I want to be done. I don't want to gets uh, like for instance i'll use it as an example even though i never played it and never will you know i don't want to get stumped in a game like the witness which has all those puzzles and people say that as you go on the puzzles get harder and harder because to me trying to finish that game i'm just going to end up looking up every puzzle so that i can get through it and then that takes away the whole fun in the gameplay aspect you know i just i want a good story that i can play through that's why i put it on easy that's why i get extra bullets that's why i use the cheat code that's right <laughs> Cheat codes are awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. We, we are too old, and we don't have enough time to, uh, for all that. I agree. So, what? Blah blah blah. I don't really know my <laughs> words tonight. I don't know what it is. Maybe I, I woke I, up too early. What, do, what are you looking forward to uh, playing next month? So I know you have a list. I have a list. I did do an audible at the end because I wasn't sure. Um, from our last episode if you were going to do a certain game. So I'm going to start with my first game of the month, Axiom Verge for <laughs> the Nintendo Switch. You know, again, this was one that um, I think you got for Christmas. I didn't, you know, I uh, was under the tree. I uh, didn't know mm -hmm. if you were going to be playing through that one at some point. So I wanted to throw that one on the list again. We'll see if that makes the cut this 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 month. Really cool looking game. Very like I, mean, I never had a Turbo Graphics, but for some reason that's like what it reminds me of. As as Skinny Matt was talking about, 
the Splatoon 2 single player. Um, Splatoon <laughs> 2. I loved, loved the Splatoon 1 single player. Relatively short, but super fun. Really interesting boss battles. Supposedly, Splatoon 2, the, the single player is a little bit longer, and the boss battles are cool. The music is amazing. Just a really fun game to, you know, pick up, play. And apparently you can play through it, I think, several times with different weapons. So, like, let's say you play through, and this is something if I end up playing, I'll have to figure out. But, like, each stage you play with a certain weapon, let's say the the roller. And the, the level is designed to use the roller. But then once you beat it with the roller... I think you can unlock different weapons and you can use them in that in that level. So you could use like the splatter shot instead of the roller. And I guess you can go through and do each level with each weapon and that would take way too long, but there's a lot of replayability with that, so that's kind of fun. So I'm excited about that one maybe. Next one uh, a Christmas present I got and I think you uh maybe talked to somebody about this one. Uh the tiny barbar- tiny barbarian the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, we briefly touched upon that when I uh, was on uh, Warp Whistle Greatest Games. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I, I really like. Um, again, that art style looks like a fun game. Interested in trying to beat that? I know it's pretty difficult. Um, and then my last game, because what boy doesn't want to chase a frog? down a hole and find a giant tank Frogger? to ride in name Sophia uh, Frogger Master for... Zero <laughs> Sophia my future child that's right yeah actually um i think it's Sophia's the tank so Blaster Master Zero um the remake uh, reboot of Blaster Master a great game on the NES um for the Nintendo Switch it is I played it for maybe like the first level and it was a lot a lot uh, more approachable than the NES game because I think it has saves and things like that. Uh, really cool uh, game, great music. I mean, it's similar to the uh, the game that was that was on the NES. So, um, and I think that one was Sunsoft, and you know they have great tunes. So, those are my four games. Axiom Verge, Splatoon 2, Tiny Barbarian DX, and Blaster Master Zero. Wow, you really focused on the Switch this time. I was. Honestly, I had a whole rack, I had a stack of Wii games. And for some reason, you know, just like all of our, the community backloggers, the Switch just, uh, I looked at my, I have my parental, um, parental lock on the Switch so that like you can look at how much you play. I think that was kind of a mm-hmm. thing you can do so you can see kind of like how much. And I think I played it for yeah. two days, not two days, but like turned it on two days in December. Two hours? Yeah. And then maybe, I mean, I, I, I haven't even, I don't know if I even turned it on in January. So I need to come home. Let's come home to the Switch. Let me uh, let me play a little Switch I, this month. I'm okay with that. Um, Do you want me to go through my games or do you want me to cut yours down now? All right, you you go through your games. I'm going to try to uh, get ready for the cut. So I have this list, and 
and I feel like it's going to be a difficult one for you to narrow down. And I think it would be difficult for me to really pick any of these games. One of them stands out as that's probably going to be the one that's cut, but I want to play it anyway, so it's on the list. But so the first thing I put on here is a, it's a classic game. It's really, really, really old. And a lot of people in our community will probably think there's something wrong with me for never having played it. Um, and that is Super Mario World for the SNES. I played all the ones on the NES. Three was one of my favorite games of all time, but I have never played World, which a lot of people consider to be better than three for the 2D gaming. So it's on my That's list. It's a game that I have to play at some point. Yeah, you you I, have to. I, I I know we talked about my consoles earlier, and you will notice a certain super system that was missing. I, too, have not played all the way through Super Mario World. I have played it, but not all the way through. So that would be something in the future that um, that I might play as well. So don't feel bad. You're not the only one. Um, <laughs> uh, we're equally lame. I get it. That's right. Um, so the this next game um was one of the ones that it wasn't even on my list until i heard people talking about it in a podcast and then it struck me that i have this game and i definitely need to play it um, that is bioshock infinite i would be playing it on the ps4 um i owned it on the 360 at one point and this is the really weird part i i bought the collector's edition of bioshock infinite because i loved the first game so much and I eventually got the collector's edition of Bioshock. Um, I bought it off eBay, but the statue had a broken arm. But um, I picked up the collector's edition of Bioshock 2 years after it was released, and GameStop had one that they put into the used pile for like $20 or less. So I picked that up with the LP and everything. And then 3 came out, and I ended up picking up that collector's edition at one point as well. But the day that I got the game, I had a friend who wanted to play it, so I lent it to him. That friend moved to Texas. I never got my game back. So, <laughs> but I got a cool statue out of it. And I'm okay with it because, you know, whatever reason, it was my stupidity. I knew he was leaving. I didn't get it from him. Um, you know, it was just one of those games that I wanted to play. And uh, not last year, but the year before, during like a big sale, I picked up the Bioshock collection for 20 bucks. So Infinite is one of those games that I want to play. And I heard it was great. So that's number two. Number three, Earthbound. Another one of those classic games that people say, if you're a true gamer, you've played this game. You've lived it. You might not like it, but you've lived this game. So Earthbound is on my list. And then, in a last-minute change, actually in Verge. Now, I had Oxenfree listed here because I picked it up for $4.99. <laughs> and I know it's a six-hour game, and I can get through it. But at the same time, it's a four- to six-hour game. And I can work that in somewhere else because it's on the Switch and I have a digital and that's not a big deal. But when you brought up Axiom Verge, I'm like, you know what? I'm putting it on the list. We had talked about it last month. <laughs> so you brought it back. So that's my last minute swerve, bro. Axiom Verge is now on the list. So to recap, Super Mario World, Earthbound, Axiom Verge, and Bioshock Infinite. Mm, that is, it is hard to to narrow those down. <laughs> You have quite the yeah. It's a good it's a good um, good mix of games. Um, I definitely I'm gonna so, keep Axiom Verge. I'm gonna keep of Axiom Verge. Of course, I have to. 
Um, <laughs> and the the last one though is tricky because I know how you're talking about how you have a lot more time when you have a portable. Are you going to be trying to play Earthbound on the SNES Mini? Um, no. Any if this one wins. I'll buy the 50% off coupon from Nintendo and I'll spend the $5 and get it for my 3DS. Okay. Cause I, I think, um, you know, I know you like, you like comedy and, um, I know you like role playing, well, turn-based RPGs. I kind of had, I kind of ran into a wall on this game, kind of had some troubles with it, but, um, I really liked, I really liked, the story and this, the humor, the music is really kind of quirky and weird, but kind of neat in a, in a, in a different way. So, and maybe, uh, someday we can, we can play super Mario world together. Uh, <laughs> I can be, Luigi. I'm good with that. And so little brother syndrome. That's right. Uh, so I think, man, this is tough because I mean, Bioshock is a great game. I re- I played the first one. I didn't play the second. Or I mean, the only one I played is the first one. Really cool game. Uh, Infinite. I mean, I, mm, mm, okay. Earthbound and Axiom Verge. That's that's. I had already circled choice. them as your choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of, I was kind of going back on uh, Bioshock because I. I don't know. I just wanted something a little, a little different, but, but I think uh, it might reappear during Halloween. There you go. Alrighty. So for you, because we had discussed it, I have to list Axiom Verge to at least give us the chance to play through it together. Yeah. Even though I have a feeling mine won't be winning. Um, and then <clears throat> for Splatoon Two, it's one of those things where. I just, I don't really have an urge myself to play the single player story. So therefore, I don't really, I don't want to vote for it just because I like Splatoon 2. I enjoy it. I love the multiplayer. I think as far as a multiplayer shooter goes, that is my perfect idea of one. Even when it's competitive, it's quick, it's to the point, it's colorful, and it's fun. I don't care how many times I get splatted. Whereas in GoldenEye, I hated dying. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Splatoon 2 off this time. And I'm going to take Blaster Master Zero off. Just because I don't have a history with it. And I don't know what to expect. And I'm really interested in your take on Tiny Barbarian. If you, if it wins. Because I do have that as well. I think I picked it up because of my conversation with Mark Carabin, found it on sale, had a gift card, did something, but that's a game I'm interested in. So I'm going to go with Axiom Verge and Tiny Barbarian. And then Twitter can decide our fate from there. Yes, yes. Oh, it's going to be sad if they don't uh they don't pick Axiom Verge, but they probably won't. I should have I should have thought about that, but there's no there's really no like the only one that might have been able to win would be Bioshock. Bioshock, but I don't. I don't even think. I don't even. I think. I think. Um, I think the backloggers um, would have would have chosen that. 
We will never know now. We, we will, will never know. know. Oh. Already. And since we are running a little on the long side, let's just wrap this up with uh, your favorite, my favorite suggestion that you came up with, which is our retro cheat code. Oh, yeah. So um, backloggers out there, um, because we don't have the internet, I'm going to provide you with a cheat code. So get your paper and pens out. Um, I'll give you a second. Okay, Only so, because you're unprepared. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we did a little uh, Fire Pro wrestling talk last time, and um, I guess Raw 25 is a thing. I don't know much about new wrestling, but um, today I'm going to give you the cheat code to unlock all the wrestlers in uh, the Fire Pro Wrestling 2 on the GBA. So if you have your pens and pencils ready, so what you need to do is go to the Create a Wrestler. In the nickname, you type in all. The last name, you type in wrestler. The first name, you type in clear. Exchange, you turn off. And the middle name, you leave blank. So then you save your Create a Wrestler. And after that, all the wrestlers in the game are unlocked. You're welcome. You are so, welcome. So that is our retro cheat code uh, for the for the month. And um, and if you have any cheat codes that you need, um, you could Google and find them easily. Or if you want to, hit us up on Twitter, and we can Google them for you, and uh, and read them aloud. Maybe uh, maybe your cheat code will be will be read. So that's it's a good idea. Maybe if they were to, they could submit to us if they were interested in a certain cheat code or for a game and then we can like pick and choose and be like, this one seems like the most interesting. Yes. Yes. Because there's somebody out there with a backlog that includes uh fire pro wrestling two for the GBA. And I want them, I want them to be prepared to have all the wrestlers um, and, and, uh, and all their glory. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyway. Um, for those of you that would like to follow us on social media, that was Trash Turkey. I don't remember if your name has an underscore, but it's at Trash Turkey. Do you have no an underscore? underscore? Nope, just uh, at Trash Turkey. At Trash Turkey. I am uh, at Backlog underscore Blues. And like I mentioned earlier, if you want to read my random ramblings, uh, grouchy.com, G-R-R-O-U-C-H-I-E.com. And you can find us at backlog underscore busters and as always we are on the day space the forget being cool the i don't think dave's made a final decision on what the name is or how he's going forward network and we are part of the shelved and forgotten expanded universe yes yes i'm very excited about that and uh yes thank you dave thank you john let's see do you have anything else i have one more thank thing. you listeners yes no i just want to Thank the listeners. Um, you know, we're doing this because we're just trying to keep ourselves on point and we're kind of enjoying it. But the fact that we actually got a little bit of feedback, you know, Skinny Matt K listened to us, Sean Capri listened to us. Sean Capri did not fall asleep, by the way. And if I'm looking at compliments on a grand level, having a guy not fall asleep while we're talking, that's pretty much cream of the crop. So the uh, pod father has spoken. He did not fall asleep. Therefore, Hopefully we can keep a couple other people up. 
That's right. And any final any final thoughts you got, and then we can get out of here. I just want to um, – I'm going to put some music in the episode. I think my first song to uh, in the episode is going to be from George Frederick Handel. Shout out to him because everybody loves Handel. Also, at the end, we're going to have a little uh, song from uh, Jan Wake, Chemical Fusion, from the little blue guy, Sonic 2. Our podcast might be the only – pod, like a musical – I don't know. What, what do you call that hairdo uh, that's uh, nice in the front and party in the back? Mullet. The mullet. Yes, the podcast music mullet. So we're gonna we're classy in the front, a little party in the back. So um thank you for <laughs> thanks thanks Handel. You're you know long gone and uh thanks OC remix. Alrighty. Y'all have a good night. All right, bye guys. That's all I got. <laughs>